What up, Honyox? It's Friday. Big whoop. Yeah, that's, I'm not particularly a fan of the, happy Friday, oh my gosh, happy Monday, no, just not not my flavor, so that's why I say big whoop, because big whoop, it's Friday, and I think if we focus too much on living for the weekend, then uh, we get a little lopsided, that's a little bit, that's getting too deep with something so shallow as telling people happy Friday, nothing wrong with wishing them a happy day. This is your late dose of weird today, coming at you live, because... Well, it's all my wife's fault. <laughs> um, not really, no. Lots of things happening, but last-minute ski trip as we close out the season for the morning and lots of other things. So, for once, I am time-constrained, and so I have to keep this like a tight 20, 25 minutes because of schedule. So, uh, yeah, for once I can say this is going to be quick and not be a liar. I can't promise I'll get to every topic. But you don't know what they are ahead of time, so you don't. You're not. In, you're not in, none the wiser. All right, so we're gonna not gonna waste any time on the intro. Got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, fun fact: the first attempt at a a video version of the podcast in several respects was sort of a failure. We got the podcast done. It is recorded. However, there's not really any usable video, and. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a great learning experience. It was a lot of fun. Still an amazing episode that will be coming in the future. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. So let's do some housekeeping. First and foremost, I owe a formal apology to my, to you all know, Connor. He has been providing me um, with his, what he's calling his live pod reaction. Meaning when he is listening to it, he starts typing up a text message and then he makes points or gives me his feedback. So we've got some feedback going back two episodes or so. So I'm going to start with the cruise episode. I got some feedback on that, um, where I also talked some about March Madness, which speaking of, as this comes out, I thought I was going to be able to record this ahead of time. I was not. And so I was like, man, I'm going to get to talk about the Sweet 16. But good on Houston and good on Arkansas. Way to be the upsets. Very proud of you. Always love a good upset. You might say, well, I picked Gonzaga, or I was fine with Arizona, sure. But I'm never going to be really mad about an upset unless I'm actively cheering for the favored team, right? So, yeah, let's go upsets all day. Tonight's the big one, though. St. Peter's, the Cinderella, or is it St. Pete's? I don't know. Cinderella team takes on Purdue. That's really the big game of the night. Um, but we got more games going on. I'm loving it. Last night's games were awesome. I had to move my pillow to the couch because they went so late. Uh, but then I, I ended up, don't worry, I ended up making it to bed because Houston took care of business and really closed it out. I was able to turn the game off with like 45 seconds left, which was which was good. So, all right. So this is two going back two episodes. We're going to get some live pod reactions. And uh, don't worry if you forgot what I talked about, because I probably forgot most of what I talked about. We'll all get reminded here as I read these. He said, Coach K for the win, because why not? Referencing my thoughts on it's Coach K's last season. I know he's won a billion games and like 100 championships. But with it being his last, it's always a cool storyline to go out on top and win a national championship. So in some respects, I'm kind of pulling for him. Right. And then, uh, but then it, you know, Duke is one of those teams. It's always in the mix. So he's with me though. He's like, yeah, cause it's a cool storyline. It's the Hollywood storyline. Right. And then I, I talked a lot about Zion Williamson and how I was right about him, about how his body for the way he plays is not going to last. It's going to be, 
not as bad, not as bad Greg Oden type situation. And so where I said, you know, ideally he would lean up and or maybe adjust his play style slightly, get healthy and have himself a great career. Talked about even if he's just mediocre, he's still a bust because he was supposed to be the next Lebanon James. And uh, he's nowhere near that right now. He's a total bust, but could be a partial bust. Connor takes a different approach that I can respect and totally jump on the bandwagon for. He says he is, this is a quote, zagging on Zion. He hopes he gets bigger from the waist down and decides to use the crazy athleticism in small spurts where he can just shock people. For like four years, and then his body quits and he plays for 20 years in China. Sounds good to me. Sounds like he still has a 24-year career. And he still got, made plenty of top 10 um, ESPN reels and did plenty of damage, both in the league and shocking people into his body. So I'm fine with that. And it's kind of what Stefan Marbury did in a lot of ways, except minus the, he was broke, his body broke down, but he, he has like a play about his story. He has a postage stamp in China. Dude is like Michael Jordan in China. It's kind of crazy. And he had like four good years here. He said, um, I talked about, you know, all the COVID nonsense with cruises and somewhat understandably, he said they, they, they do sound freaked out about COVID still. And, um, he says it, it probably relates back to keeping a bunch of weirdo cruise goers on the boat for an additional month or whatever it was back in 2020. So that's fair, right? The cruises are only like a week, maybe two weeks at most, because that's all they can handle people who go on cruises. And so that's why they're like, when they were forced to hold them for an extra you know two weeks or extra month and have to figure it out septic tanks getting full all that good stuff good stuff that there's a reason it's like five days seven days the norm because that's all that the cruise staff can handle of cruise people because take it from me firsthand it's and and i think it's partially the culture of cruising puts you in kind of that weird place but also there's plenty of people who are just they're different all right And he was very impressed. My parents didn't gain any weight, as was I. He, so I talked about the vanilla being like the number one purchase. It was, it was tequila, cigars, vanilla, or actually probably vanilla, tequila, cigars in order of most popular to least popular. But those are the big three. And it's funny. We were at one of the comedy shows like, who's got Mexican vanilla? And 70% of people in the crowd raised their hands and it was pretty hilarious. So yeah, he, he said vanilla is a huge selling point, and he knows some people who um, works with some Mexican, um, some Mexicans, and he, apparently, the, um, this guy he knows is always vibing to try and try and get his uh, coworkers when they go back home to bring him back some vanilla and whatnot, so it's, it's pretty funny. Now, here's the big point of the day. If you don't remember the bag story, I'll sum it up in about 30 seconds. It's hot, we're cranky, and the food sucks. There's four out of 50 tables that have an umbrella. And this line is taking forever. It takes about 40 minutes to get through this simple buffet line that should take you no more than five. We're all sitting there, and there's a bag on a table, and there's family, a family kind of sitting at that table and next to it, at the table next to it. They get up and leave, bag stays. We wait half an hour, and I say, okay. It's one thing if you want to save a table and you send a someone from your party to sit at the table. And a bag can hold a table, I believe, for a short period of time. But after a certain point, 
you are deprived, like, because you want this table so bad, you are going to deprive other people from having, having, and it's not just a, one of the regular tables, because that would be a different story, but one of the premium, one of the four tables that has an, a, a sun umbrella on it. And, and I say, nope, sorry, that's not how the world works. You need to, uh, you need to just, you need to give up that spot or that save. So we move the bag. Lady comes over. She's super pissed. And I tell her, we waited about half an hour. I said, this was sitting here half an hour. No one even checked on it. I should have reported it. I didn't say this, but I wish I would have. I said, I should have reported this as a suspicious bag because it was left unattended. And it took her about 10 minutes to figure out that we had even moved it. She was pissed. We got the shade table. I said, look, you can't. This is. And I was like, no, this is not how this works. And, uh, Fortunately, and so I, I posed a question to you guys and said, all right, what's what's the rule here, right? Because a bag can't, uh, I mean, realistically, if you really want it that bad, you need to put in the real effort, and one person needs to go sit down at that table. Uh, I, th- I think it's unfair to absolutely everybody that you can just leave your bag completely unattended at the table and be like, yeah, we're going to get that table. So no one can sit at w- this table between for the 40 minutes plus it takes you to go through the line. No, you can. you are not allowed to sanction off that table for almost an hour unused because when you finally do come back to sit down you can use it and that was my perspective but i posed a question to you guys and connor said five minutes is the hard rule for a bag to hold a table so he i i was being gracious at half an hour. i gave him six times the the legal amount of time that a bag can hold a table and, you know, because Connor's not just coming at me with opinion here. This is, we all know, that this is established law. Okay, don't fact check it. No need to look it up. Just trust it. Okay, trust trust that fact right there. Uh, he liked my 13 out of 17 rating for cruises. And he said he would basically go anywhere with me and my family. Because I also said, if you always want an interesting time, go with my family. That's what a travel agent said. Like, it's never boring. Whether we're almost getting in fights over moving someone's bag who erroneously was um, keeping a table from being sat at. And I said, no, no more. Or, I don't know, I'm accidentally short shorting out in my brain and my speech and instead of saying condominium i stop and say condom or my dad says introduces the word proboscis out of nowhere which is a real word or he misreads a sign instead of saying italian pizzeria he says italian pizzeria all good laughs all a good time or it's the early bird toilet paper which if you don't know that one you just got to go back and listen to the episode that's the highlight there okay so that was monday's episode wednesday's episode live reaction because I want to reward feedback. You might say, why are we doing this? Why are we recapping this? Well, I want, as you all know, if you've listened for any period of time, I'm always asking for your feedback. And most of you are Hanyaks and don't give it to me, but that's fine. I'm going to keep trying because I'm a Hanyak about it. So um, just be, let it be known that when you do send in feedback, whether you're texting me personally or DMing the show or emailing the show, it's going to be highlighted. So here we go. Live pod reaction. From Connor on Wednesday. Let's hear what the feedback was, right? At the time, he didn't even know Tyreek Hill had been traded. So, something that I thought was common knowledge by that point, because, you know, and that's why I don't go super sports heavy, is because there's a billion, that's like, I mean, there's a billion different ways, prominent shows that are doing sports. So I, I don't want to get lost in that mess or quagmire, but you could probably argue that what I do currently is just 
lost in the sauce of the podcast world and, and the billions and billions. So it's fine. This is how I'm going to do it, though. So he didn't know. So that I broke the news to him. Feels pretty cool. Uh, n- not that I ever anticipated that I'd really be breaking any news, particularly sports news, but feels pretty cool. He said it was wild. <laughs> he, I talked about Carson Wentz and doing the spectacular feat of rolling both ankles at the same time and how that was maybe a sign that you should tone it back if you ever do that. So we had a good friend who he managed to get hurt in the weirdest ways, right? And so Connor basically says he is 100% that if our friend Scootsy didn't have that happen, it should never happen to anyone. Like it should be, he's the standard for, okay, this is, has it happened to him? All right, cool. It, we can call it a legitimate injury. If it hasn't, this is outside of the wheelhouse of normality. This is an outlier. Um, and then I talked about Tom Brady. Once again, another prediction where I'm right. He said he was going to retire, I don't know, within a couple weeks of the Super Bowl, losing it. And wait, he didn't play in the Super Bowl. What am I talking about? Anyways. And then I said, I'm going to wait a couple months. I'm not buying it because he right now, sure, he wants to retire. But a couple months, he's going to have some rest. He's going to have some vacation. And then he's going to get the itch back. And then sure enough, what happened? Boom. That exactly. So... (sighs) Connor says, expands that and says he's heard a bunch of times, this is official language here, that everyone in the league wants to retire for the first two weeks after the NFL season is over. And I kind of alluded to this. I didn't say that exactly, but he, he basically agrees and says that the NFL season is long and is brutal and you're worn out mentally, emotionally, physically in particular right after the season. So, of course, everyone needs to get away. And how many people are like, oh my gosh. It's, it, I mean, it's the classic case of you drink too much the night before or something. You're like, I'm never drinking again. And it's like, eh, wait till the next weekend or the next. We give it a few days and you'll be ready to go again. Uh, you'll be bored or something. And you'll be like, well, what can I do? I don't know. Let's, let's get totally blasted. And it's like, come on, man. But uh, I'm not saying. But it's similar in the NFL, right? You step away from something when you've been in. It's enveloped your life for nine, ten months, and you get a couple weeks, a month, month and a half away, and then you, and then you're like, okay, I'm ready to go back. It's it's classic situation. So I mean, rule of thumb in the NFL is you should not be allowed to retire until May, or or you know what, draft. The draft is until April first because I think the draft draft is in April, and so a lot of teams have to make decisions. You know, is our guy retiring? Should if so, do we need to then draft a quarterback? Yada yada. So that being considered, I think no earlier than the end of March should anyone be able to retire. That gives them almost two months exactly, or we could go two months from the Super Bowl and eight weeks, and no one is allowed to announce retirement. And unless they preemptively said, "This is my last season," it is for sure no ifs ands or buts about it. And then, like, they go on, like, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl and was like, I'm out. And there's no question, right? But anyone else who was mulling it over, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady this year, for example, if they even if they try and say it, be like, no, you cannot officially do this until you've had time away. Because we're not going to play this Brett Favre retire four times every offseason for, for five years. But anyways, he... <laughs> 
I mentioned how Kyrie Irving did the ultimate troll of how silly and arbitrary so many of the rules are. He can't play at the home game, so he bought a ticket and went to the home game as a fan, unvaccinated, unmasked, and but yet he couldn't play. So, and we're actually seeing that cause change now. So Connor refers to him as, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna steal this nickname. Kung Fu Kyrie is a man who stands up for his beliefs, whatever they may be. Obviously, there's the flat earth thing, but the one dispute, look, definitely some beliefs, outright crazy, but he stands by them, and you can't fault him for that. I mentioned doing a long hair life pod, and Connor, he said he may skip that one, which I can totally understand. I'm going to say I'm going to try and make it friendly for everybody. Long hair, short hair, no hair alike. I'm going to I'm going to try and, and and keep it here we go buzzword inclusive. But no promises. So I would just say give it give it give it the give, give me past the intro and any housekeeping that I have to do and and uh so maybe 10 15 minutes or just skip to the 5 to the 10 minute mark. I'll see if I after recording if I can put a little show note and, and tell you. But we'll see. Maybe that's maybe I'm catering too much. Because one person said something. But it is the person who always says something. So at the same time, I don't know. He's kind of, he's kind of in a lot of ways got like the founder's lounge status. You know, the founder's club status on the podcast. So I, I have to take it for something, right? And lastly, we talked about proboscis and if it is, if, if my nose qualifies. Him and his wife both said... Vote, both voted that I do my nose is not proboscis status. They said proboscis is one that you absolutely notice and it needs to be significant. So while I do have a large nose, it is not proboscis. So he and he says he's seen too many proboscis to vote for that mine is. So on one hand, he said maybe he'll give it a good look next time he sees me. But they both kind of agreed. And I'll accept it. On one hand, I think it'd be cool to refer to it as a proboscis, and I still might because I can. Free country type stuff. But maybe I don't. I don't know. We'll just have to see. I'll respect the vote of the people and the say of the people. I will say I do not think it is the ultimate in terms of nose size. I think proboscis is the second to top tier. Like Gabriel Iglesias says, fluffy, and then the top one is, doom, um... And he's not, he's not that top one. He's just fluffy, right? So I, I, would, I would say Face Mountain is the top tier. And that is, that is the nose that makes you go, whoa. Like, watch out. <laughs> don't, don't stand too close to them and tap them on the shoulder. Be careful. If you tap them on the shoulder and they turn to look at you, you might, like get, your, you might get clocked by their sniffer type, type situation. But I'll accept the people's opinion on this. If you do not think I have a proboscis, then I do not have one. And we can, we can, and I've, and I've talked about establishing the tiers of nose size and the qualifications. But I mentioned, obviously, I talked a lot about my dad on Wednesday's episode. He provided a lot of the content. And I talked about having him on. And I said, calm down. I can hear you yelling. And I told you I could hear you yelling because Connor said, how did you know I was yelling to get Dwight on the pod? Don't worry, folks. Dwight is getting on the pod. I didn't hear, just hear Connor yelling. I heard all of you yelling back at me through time and space when I was recording that he just needs to be on the pod. So we'll get him on the pod, but I told you I could hear you. He says, and in, in reference to early bird toilet paper, like I said, go listen to the episode, uh, Wednesday's episode. 
he said he trusts the science because I talked about, you know, is there science behind it and the logic? And he says he totally trusts the science, as do I. So early bird toilet paper, check it out. It's a thing. Maybe embrace it. Don't worry if there's a little piece of paper stuck on your cough drop or Jolly Rancher. That's just some early bird toilet paper. He he agreed about the self-perspective and outlook is so massive. Uh, it is important. There's zero way around it is what he is the term he uses. And I spoke of how the 300th episode should probably be something special because the number three is so significant in my life. Alluding to a movie, a crappy movie Jim Carrey was in when I was in junior high, so like 2008 maybe, and I couldn't remember if it was 21, 23, what it was. It was 23. And in Connor's words, he says, the, the cinematic classic you spoke of is The Number 23. I did watch it. It was not good, but I did watch it. So he did more than I did. I didn't watch it. I saw previews and some clips and was like, I don't need to see this. Nobody actually needs to see this. So actually, I would, uh, Connor, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put the question to you. Send me, don't go and look anything up. Just send me everything you can remember from that movie. I know you said it was not good, but let's take a crappy movie and let's do some, some analysis and breakdown solely from memory. Maybe that's a cool bit. I don't know. Maybe it's a horrible bit, but Connor, just send it in. Whether it's uh, maybe audio, that might be easier than trying to type it all out. But send me your in-depth, only-for-memory review of the number 23. Anything significant that stood out, why it was horrible, why you watched it. I want to know, know the situation of how you got roped into watching that. Because, like, look, I've made conscious decisions to watch movies like Sharknado and Killer Mermaid. You know, B-rated movies that you watch for fun because they are so bad. But that one was supposed to be a real thriller. It, Jim Carrey, lots of money behind it. But we could all clearly see it was total crap. So, you know, the wise decision was to simply not see it. it you can tell it's a turd, leave it as a turd. And yet you, you chose to go see it, or maybe you, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Say you were roped into it. It was, it was maybe a ruse, an elaborate ruse to get you to watch this movie. But I want to know the details around the situation, why you watched it, how you felt going in versus how you felt coming out and anything, any significant parts from the movie. Or, I mean, was it so bad? Was it like a B rated movie? It was so bad where you just laughed the whole time. Give me, give me all the details. Let's get Connor's full breakdown of the number 23. If you've seen that, horrible movie i would love for anyone's and ever i would love for everyone to send in their their analysis from that movie so all right now this entire episode has been comments from connor <laughs> his live pod reactions let's get into let's finish out with a little bit of a couple simple notes that i've overlooked the last couple episodes for various reasons so if you haven't seen it yet go watch the commercial I'll put the link in the description for Jeremy's Razors. That is Jeremy Boring, the CEO of the Daily Wire. They came out with a razor company after a year ago, Harry's Razors, because a couple of anonymous, potentially bought Twitterites complained, put them on blast, and then Harry's dropped their sponsorship because they disagreed. And, and I believe it was something Ben Shapiro or one of their pundits said, you know, women... Uh, men are not women or something like that talking about the transgender movement and harry's was like that doesn't align with our values and the commercial is awesome 
they've already surpassed Harry's razors on uh, Twitter followers. They sold something like 23,000 in the first three hours or something crazy like that. It's incredible. It bar bar like barring the razor side of it. It is just one of the coolest commercials ever. Ever. It's so good. And 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 I love what they're doing. They're fighting back in the culture. They're like, fine. If we're you know, if you if you're tired of these companies more and more not representing your value values or aligning with your values and being overt about it, here's one that does. That just wants to sell you a quality razor. And so that doesn't quote unquote hate you, but go check it out. It is incredible. If I was a shaving man, I'm clearly not if and um got this fat beard at most I just trim and I would be all over this. I thought about it. I was like, oh, man, I want to buy some. I said, I don't shave like that. Who knows, though? Maybe maybe, maybe my wife could use them for shaving her legs once every six months. Um, but, no, that's her choice, and we've discussed. I don't really care if she shaves her legs. So that's a personal preference thing. But I don't know. I have no use for it, so I'm not going to buy some. If you were someone who wants a razor, I would buy it for you. I would, I would buy you a, sorry, did I say Harry's? Jeremy's. Razor. I would buy you a Jeremy Razor. I think it's a subscription thing though, so that may not work. So I'm not gonna buy you the subscription. Um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna walk that back of spending a lot of money here for this sake. But it's awesome. If you are someone who uses razors to shave, I would highly recommend looking into this because there are companies like Gillette and Harry's have gone full woke and do not may not represent the same values as you do. And so why would you want to pay, give them your patronage and money, right? Because right, we're living a time now where values of the company matter just as much as the product itself. So there's, there's that. Go check it out. Question of the day. Give me your feedback here too. Look, I really want this to be a conversation, folks. So just... Record a quick voice memo and then like email it to the show, or you can text it to me personally. It's fine. I, I don't know if you there's a way to DM it through Instagram, but just do it. Okay, take thirty seconds, two minutes, whatever it is, right now, and just do it. It's you can just record it on your phone, talking to the bottom of your phone, and it sounds pretty good. Does anyone ever? Question of the day is: Does anyone ever actually stop at the designated rest areas? I can count on one hand the times in my life and I'm going to say it's probably three that I've stopped at rest areas. And I would say, well, one wasn't even my choice. One was because someone apparently couldn't hold their bladder any longer. And so we stopped annoyingly. So I'm a non-stopper on road trips. I can get from Denver to Northwest Oklahoma to Enid, Oklahoma with on one stop. I can't fortunately my car is set up that way, but also I've, and I've done it. We could call it two stops if you want. I stopped on a corner for five minutes to pee and to mainly just walk my dogs for five minutes because it was such a long haul. And that's really long for a dog to be in the car for nine hours and and only have one 30-minute stop three hours into it. So I did that courtesy. But I can, if, say, no dogs, I could do that one stop. So that's, that's how I road trip. But anyways, the rest areas. Yeah, they usually have like a picnic table and maybe some crappy camping bathrooms. Sometimes they 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 really brag. The high-end ones will have vending machines that probably have outdated, expired, haven't been refilled uh snacks. But you probably don't want to eat. That would probably cause you to stop at the next rest area or on the side of the road to throw up or 
for diarrhea purposes. So I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm missing. I feel like it's just better to just find a, a travel stop and stop there. So in a lot of ways, I look at this and say, I mean, really, what's the point of rest areas? Maybe once you have a full-blown family with a bunch of little kids, maybe that's maybe that's the use of it. I don't know, though. To me, I honestly, they should might as well just be called, like, emergency rest, emergency rest area. Because to me, that's the only reason I would stop at one. I would say we can get 10 miles down the road. Now, if there's a certain extremely desolate stretch of road and rest areas is all you got, then sure. But in general... I would say I see no purpose. I don't feel like I ever really see. I've made, you know, you maybe see one car, two car, or like sometimes they're big enough where like semis stop at them. But that's all that you'll see is the semi stop to get in that. And so that's a, that's a, that, that makes sense as a use for like semi drivers, especially. But otherwise, no, I, I, I kind of see it as a waste of money or and a waste of time. I never, like I said, and I'm someone who's road tripped a lot, especially growing up, but I'm, I'm a road trip guy. Never use those rest areas. I'm just, I'll just get to a town or there's plenty of gas stations and travel centers that in between and I'll just do that. So I don't know. Maybe I would love to hear your thoughts though. Do you use those? If so, what's the reasoning behind it? I want to know because I don't, I don't see hardly anybody using them and it doesn't make sense. These travel center bathrooms are way nicer. You can get all sorts of snacks and drinks and sometimes weird trinkets if you're into that. And uh, sometimes, like in Colby, Kansas, it has like a it has a Starbucks, it has a uh, Asian food restaurant, it has a Boston Market, and a Qdoba. On top of it's an extensive like gas station and has a lot of goodies and whatnot. So and a dog park and a child park. It feels weird saying child park, but that's literally it's like there's a park for kids, and so it's a child park. That's a weird weird thing to say. A child park took my took my child you'd say i took my child to the park where you say yeah we went to the child park for you know for the kids and because i you know this would be someone who has kids not me i'm not saying this that's just i'm digging a real hole right now um so we're just gonna move on all right we'll finish with this have you seen the new iphone commercial i saw a commercial i had an iphone cool graphics all the stuff i mean High, high-tech commercial, a lot of money, prime time air slot too during March Madness, and I've continued to see it throughout the games. And as this commercial comes on, and, and you know, if, if you've seen this commercial, it's all posted the link in the description as well. It's all green, and there's a bunch of music, and it's this iPhone, and I'm thinking, huh, it's not September. Normally, they release the newest iPhone in the fall. So maybe this is some kind of tertiary release of some version of iPhone 13 or whatever we're on now, and... Uh, and it's like, oh, the iPhone 13, we decided to, you know, with the new M1 chip or what M1 Max chip in the MacBooks, we have the version of that for the iPhones so releasing the high-powered 13. And and I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden I look, and as about after about five seconds commercial, I say, this better not be just for the release of, they're saying, we now have green iPhones. Because, you know, Apple is ridiculous sometimes, and it's like, we can have red blue rose gold white yellow just yellow no just blue okay yeah not yellow um but god forbid yeah we have yellow or green or purple those colors are too complicated and so when they do get a new color they can waste 
I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars, I don't fifty thousand dollars. I don't know how much it costs. I know they pay people for their full time jobs to make that, and then they have to pay for the airtime and how much they want it to run. Because they now have green iPhones as a color option. How ridiculous, absurd, and what a waste of a commercial. You might say, Gus, it worked. You're talking about it right now, Yohanya. Yeah, you're right. You may be right. But still, it is so ridiculous. Biggest waste of money. And see, this is this is how far Apple has fallen from the Steve Jobs tree. Pun intended. Is it it's all it is now is okay, we went back to the square metal rimmed iPhones of ten years ago, you know, and it cycles back and forth between that one and the more rounded ones. And it's like, hey, the camera's super cool. And so now it, we, it, it's three little camera lenses or it's two little. We're going to change that orientation of the camera and do this. And there's a couple new features. And then every four or five years, you get one big feature. They just got, for instance, they just got swipe detects. But a lot of times they're slow to the party for the sake of, I don't know, sleekness. Or Steve Jobs would say, we're not going to release a feature until we can perfect it. And now it feels like the like green what, you couldn't get the right shade of green? Ridiculous. Have you seen the commercial? If not, go watch it. Link in the description. How ridiculous is, is it for you? It's not a matter if, but how ridiculous. I'm saying this rates of 67 out of 67 on the ridiculous, absurd scale. I, I And I literally, I was watching it and I go, is this just about a green iPhone? And the end of it, like they do all these cool graphics and the end it's like, iPhone now in green. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's you, you bringing nothing else of value except now we got them green. How hard is it to make these colors? It can't be that hard in comparison to developing all the new features and technology and software and constantly doing updates. That's really the bread and butter. But now we have green. It's the biggest deal. No, no stop it. You could have just been like iPhone now in green, but they do this next level commercial with all these cool graphics and CGI stuff and green. It's green trying to draw you in. I'm sorry for me. You missed the mark for me. I see that and see, Wow. Your head is so far up your butt that now I don't want to, even if I wanted, if say green, if I was sitting here saying I've always wanted a green iPhone, I would now say just because of how stupid you announced this, I am not, I'm going to boycott green iPhones. And if you're someone who's seen that commercial now bought a green iPhone, good on you. I'm glad you finally got your green iPhone, but I don't care about green. I prefer the blue iPhone that I have and I'm glad they have color options besides black, white, and rose gold. I love how that was the first alternate color. But anyways, I digress. I got to close it out because I got to go. Like I said, I'm on a schedule. This Norwegian goodbye is going to be in record time. Bring my average down, hopefully. So that'll do it, though, for this episode of the Ramley Viking Podcast. A little bit late on this Friday. And really, it was Connor's comments today. And as you can tell, right, there's a lot going on around me. And But there we go. There we have it. We got his feedback. If you want... You know, make some notes as you listen casually and then send them in. And I ask for the feedback, but also let it be known. Your feedback, will be you'll be credited with it and it will be read on the pod for all feedback you give me. So there's a reward there. Also, offer still stands. Anyone for each timestamp clip. So say 
say you listen to this episode and you're like, okay, here's a good clip of, you know, minute, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, two minutes that I could use to post, say, on social or on YouTube or whatever, because I want to start clipping stuff and clipping my episodes. You might say, well, stop being lazy, Hanyak. To that, I will say, I just feel weird about listening to that much of myself to go back and get the clips. So uh, for anyone who listens, it's a dollar for each clip, not from each episode. So say you find three clips in an episode, that's three bucks you could make. It's a dollar for each clip. Now, let it be known that I reserve the right to end this at any point. If you go off the deep end and all of a sudden I'm paying you 150 bucks, I will say you will get that 150 bucks and I will probably promptly end the program. That's 150 clips though. And they have to be legitimate clips, but you could pull multiple from a single episode per clip would be start and end timestamp on this episode. You, you send it to me and I'll go listen to it. Confirm it. Boom. Dollar Venmo cash app, cash, whatever carrier pigeon doesn't matter, but I want to thank you for listening and for being patient on today's episode. Life is crazy. Uh, I want to also re- remind you that if you, I'm doing this new series, Blessings from Tragedy. And if you if you have a story, if you haven't listened to Dennis or my sister's story, I've got a few in the works too that are coming up. But if you've got a story, know someone who has a story, or just know of a story that has blessings that are born out of, that come out of, come to fruition out of tragedy, uh, and you would want to come, be willing to come on and share, please, please let me know. I think that is um, that is something that I want to provide encouragement. Everyone goes through struggles, but we always feel like we're alone. And a lot of people go through the same struggles. And it can offer encouragement and a good reminder that even when things aren't going our way, that A, God is working for the good and that you can find good out of these situations and better yourself. And a lot of times, the biggest growth comes through the hardest times. Like they say, hard times make strong men. And it sucks, but that is the nature of life. So, uh, yeah, green green iPhone commercial, total crap. Jeremy Razors, Jeremy's Razors, awesome. Do, do you or does anyone ever stop at rest stops? Let me know your thoughts. That does it for this final dose of weird this week. We'll be back here next week bringing you a full regimen of weird Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you so much for part, being a part of the Hanyak Horde. If you want to know what a Hanyak is, keep listening. I just might, re- I'm going to reveal that. And do I've already talked about it before, but I'm going to do it again for a lot of the new listeners. Very, very soon. And I'm going to keep telling you that I am going to reveal it and maybe, but keep dragging you along and leading you on. I'm trying to build the suspense just enough, but not too much. Right? So, uh, that does it though. Go have a great weekend. Keep it PDFG. Remember, don't be afraid to ride the lightning because sometimes spectacular things will happen. We'll see you right here, same time as normal, next week. This is your head Hanyak, signing off.